So far here at the Kayaking and Catfish Roundtable, we have covered some kayak camping, a little bit of tournament fishing, and we've also chatted it up with Kayak Mike and Ryan Bortz about growing up fishing to where they are in the sport today. On the last episode, I had the first place finisher in the first stop of the in-person National Kayak Fishing Trail at Nickajackon, so I thought for this episode, we could bring to the round table the second place finisher by only seven and a half inches, Andrew Green. So pour up some coffee or crack open your favorite beverage and pull up a chair to join Andrew and I as we discuss about tournament mindset and tactics, a little bit of rigging, some bucket list fishing trips, and why he chooses to chase the big slime balls from his kayak. What's up, Andrew? How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for taking the time out of your evening to hop on here and do a show with me tonight. Absolutely. First off, I just want to give you a moment to introduce yourself, you know, give yourself a little bit of a background, let people know who you are, you know, where you're from, where you live, um, family info, anything you want to share. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, uh, <laughs> so I mean, I've got a wife and kid, and and you know, been fishing from a kayak at least for for only a few years. But you know, I've been fishing a long time outside of that. So yeah, did you grow up fishing then? Uh, yeah, we did a lot of fishing growing up, uh, mainly bass fishing uh, from the bank as kids, and uh, we really really didn't get too deep into doing it uh, until the past couple of years. Uh, for bass fishing or just overall? Just overall. Uh, I mean, like I said, when I was younger, uh, I fished a lot. Um, and even when my my son was real young, I used to take him fishing quite a bit. And, uh, you know, with work and they, life, got busy and just got away from it. And then I, I stepped back into it just a, a few years ago, uh, you know, getting after it. So. Well, that's awesome. I can totally relate to that. I you know, I also didn't, uh, I only grew up, you know, fishing here and there, you know, you know, maybe if we went camping or something like that, is it with the family or, you know, a random fishing trip here or there, but it wasn't like a real a ritual thing with my family. So we didn't grow up catching, you know, fish for food or anything of that right. sort. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's just a little interesting to see where everybody kind of comes from with their walks of life and, and where they end up. Um. I myself also didn't get to start, you know, really get into fishing until the last few years. So I can totally relate to that. Right. Um, what do you, what do you do for a living? If you don't mind sharing, um, you know, to fund the addiction of fishing. <laughs> right. So I own a security company. Um, we do cameras, alarms, access control, things like that. Awesome. Um, so I started, I started my company about five years ago um, and, you know, I've, I've been able to, to do pretty good and, and it's been, a, it allows me to, you know, spend the money on, on the fishing stuff that I like to do too. So. Awesome. So you, you enjoy doing that? The, the work, I mean, the work's yeah. work, right? I, you know, work's it's something work. I'm good at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something I've, I've been in the industry for a long time. Uh, and then just stepping out on my own and, and starting my own business uh, was just a natural progression for me. Uh, nice. So, do do I enjoy doing it? Yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm good at it now. So it's not it's not extremely hard for me anymore. Uh, is there other stuff I'd rather do? Probably, but you know, it keeps it keeps the lights on. Yeah. You got to do a whole lot of uh, low voltage wiring then. Yeah. So it's all low voltage that we do. Yeah, does that help you out at all with, with the rigging, with the kind of uh, rigging or anything like that? You got to watch your lights set up and all that. Yeah, I, I've got lights and stuff set up on my kayak. Um, I, I guess it helps out because I have wires sitting around. So if I want to change something, I've got the wire to do it. Yeah, um, I bet you're the go-to guy when people got questions too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, low voltage stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I guess because I've been doing it low voltage for so long, None of that stuff on the kayak is very hard. I mean, 12 right. volts, it's not hard to mess that up. So, Well, I'm pretty un uneducated in it. So, And it seems like everybody uh, thinks that they know everything about it. So, Right. 
you know, I'd rather, I'd rather get my information for somebody that knows what they're doing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. What clubs and organizations or trails that you fish with, or do you represent anybody at all? Um, so, uh, I don't really represent anybody. Uh, I've fished, uh, there's a, a kayak series that ran last year here in Texas. I fished that a little bit. Uh, I've done the online, uh, stuff, uh, with the online catfish. Uh, I've done that for a little over a year, uh, maybe two years now. Uh, it's hard to remember. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm very competitive. So when I started getting back into fishing and what, what drew me further into doing it was, you know, being able to do these, these tournaments and stuff and, and competing a little bit. Uh, when I first got into it, I started doing a little bit of the, the bass fishing tournaments from the kayak, uh, because there's more of that around than there is the, the catfish stuff. Uh, but I, I enjoy chasing catfish more than I do bass. Yeah. I, I, I can uh, relate to that as well. Yeah. Uh, you said you ran a, a small uh, organization or a club in your area. Well, I, I, yeah, I did. I did some tournaments with them, uh, this last year. They, they put on, I don't remember how many tournaments they put on, uh, this past year, but, um, uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be doing any in-person tournaments, at least this year. Uh, uh, but I mean, I traveled four hours, four and a half hours to go to one of their tournaments because, you know, it was, it was in Texas, but, you know, it's a huge state. Yeah. So. Right right down the streets an hour away, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My uncle lived in Texas for a while, and that's what he used to tell me. He said, you know, you guys don't have any idea what right down the street means. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, we 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 drop away for for our tournaments around here if we do them. So, yeah, uh, what kind of what kind of kayak do you fish out of? Uh, I'm currently in an old town, uh, Big Water. Uh, just a paddle kayak, and I threw a trolling motor on it. Okay, so you do you do have the trolling motor? You're uh, not under the the pedal or the uh, paddle anymore. Yeah, I, I paddled for for a while, um, but once once you go to the trolling motor, there's there's no going back. You said it was the autopilot. Which one? No, it's not the autopilot. It's just the big water. Okay. Um, do you like it? Yeah. the The only thing I found with with the, my current kayak is once I threw that trolling motor on it, um, that nose if it's if you're running in some waves that nose will bury uh because it sits so low in the front uh, then with all my gear i'm i'm exceeding the the weight capacity for it with everything i have on it right now sitting right I've actually i've been looking at other kayaks to try to to see what else i can get into out there especially when you hook into a big one and try to pull it up huh yeah i mean i i haven't had any issues you know i mean when you get a big fish on, you don't really pay attention a whole lot to to what your kayak's doing at that moment. But right, like natural, uh, it's like natural second instinct kind of kicks yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gotten comfortable on the kayak. Even I've, I've had a couple situations where it got kind of sketchy, but um, I've gotten comfortable on it. Where you know, when you're in a new kayak, every little bit of balance that you you, you know you feel off balance a little bit, you notice. But once you get comfortable with it, you know, it all comes second nature and you don't notice, you know, how close the edge of the kayaks get into the water. You just, you know, you kind of already know where your boundaries are. Do, do the old towns have good drainage systems on them with the scupper plugs? Yeah. Uh, mine doesn't because I overload it. So I keep my scupper plugs plugged up. Uh, so if I get water in there, if I pull one of my scupper plugs, the you know the floor is filling with water because i've got so much weight in that thing mm, i uh, see so i think that that kayaks i think it's got like a 350 pound uh usable weight capacity um which i'm a big guy so with me and the gear in it we're we're well over that so are you you said you you do have electronics you're running a graph on that as well yeah, I run a, a Garmin graph on there, just standard graph with side imaging. Uh, I, I don't have any pan optics yet or anything. Uh, okay. That stuff gets pretty pricey. So, so have you fished out of anything other than the old town? 
Uh, the first kayak I had was, I think it was a perception, uh, a sit-in kayak. Um, and that, I mean, that, that thing was pretty fun. You know, it's, uh, I, I, you can move pretty quick in, in that smaller kayak. So was it by it chance that the 10.5, uh, uh, angler or whatever hook is a 10.5 sounder, I believe. Okay. I, which I think is the same thing. Just a few, you know, a few minor, like differences but basically the same kayak uh different name almost but I, I, that's basically the same kayak i fished out of for like five yeah. years yeah that's that's a great you know small river kayak Dude, that thing is awesome i had a lot of fun i put it on a lot of adventures yeah i, I still have that one that one's i haven't gotten it out in a while but i still have it so unfortunately i had to sell it but i also I gave it to a younger kid that was looking to get into the tournament scene. So he, hopefully he's going to put it to some good use this, this summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, didn't you just fish in the, the in-person trail, the national, uh, kayak catfishing in-person trail? Yeah. That was a couple weeks ago out of Nickajack. Yep. And you took second place in that, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Second on that one. Yep. Uh, you mind talking about that at all? Yeah, bit? I mean, that, Do you have any chance to go down and, and pre-fish it or anything like that? So I got um, I got into Chattanooga on that Friday, uh, and that was right before a, a huge storm system pushed through there. Um, so as soon as I got in town, I uh, there's you know you being a longer trip for me. I mean, it was I think 14 hours uh, for me to get there. Being a longer trip and loading everything up, there's a few things I forgot. So I went down to uh, the Bass Pro there and, and picked up a few things. I just hung around Bass Pro while that storm system blew through. Uh, and the, you know, the rain came down pretty good there for a while. Um, but I didn't, you know, that night I, I kind of scouted out along the river, drove up and down that river in the, the lake area there. But I didn't really pre-fish that at all. Uh, I had plans on getting out that Saturday and pre-fishing it, but uh, really didn't work out. I I kind of went and banked fish and got and got some bait, but that's about all the pre-fishing I did for that thing. So mainly just got some eyes on the water and, and some e-scouting in then. Yeah, I, I drove. I mean, the, along the river and the the little back roads that, that follow the river, I drove completely around that lake, and you know that that's a, almost a day's worth of driving just to get around everything. Uh, did did you kind of have a game plan going into going into it uh, when you arrived? Yeah, so you know, just just scouting out, driving around and scouting out boat launches and places where we could we could put in and being able to see what the current was doing. Uh, you know, I, I studied avionics pretty pretty good, and uh, you know, you get an idea of where the fish are at certain times of year. So I had my spots that I wanted to go hit and check out. Uh, when I got on the water the day of the tournament and uh, my first spot that morning actually was the spot that paid off the most. I, I caught more fish in that first spot than I did anywhere else that day. Uh, but I was, uh, I was running a little, little lean on that tournament uh, with the drive. I keep my rods in a Yakima rod holder on my trailer. And with the vibrations, one of my rods, came apart or one of my reels oh no and uh day of the tournament got to the boat ramp <clears> loading <throat> up my kayak and i opened that yakima and one of my reels is in three pieces inside the the case so i threw it back together real quick and went out of the water but it it wouldn't work and it's still not where i got i gotta send it somewhere to get it to figure out what's wrong with it so normally i fish with four rods i only fished with three rods that day uh, but I was able to to catch some decent fish. Yeah, and still took home the second place. You, I mean, you were only down by seven and a half inches too. Yeah. So, in where I was on that lake, uh, down on the main lake portion of the, the lake, uh, there's no cell service on that end of the lake. So I would get just enough cell service to kind of see where everybody else was at, but I couldn't submit anything. So. I, I left that spot a little bit early so I can get back into cell service and submit all my catches. When I left the water, by looking at where everybody else was, I was like, man, I've 
I might have this thing won. And then uh, Ryan there, I guess with like 30 minutes to go or something like that, submitted the, the big fish of the day and, and, you know, was able to take the win there. Do you think that that attributed uh, to your fishing a little bit, not like being able to see or know exactly where you stood uh, within the leaderboards at any not point? Necessarily, um, not necessarily, because the, the only thing that it attributed to is me getting off the water a little bit sooner so I can make sure that my catches were submitted within time. Um, it didn't even, if, if I could have sat out there another 30 minutes, that doesn't guarantee that I would have caught anything that would have made up the difference. Um, so I, I, it didn't really change my game plan as far as on water fishing and, and what holes I was going to hit uh, while I was out there. It didn't, didn't matter. Um, is it typically part of your strategy to pay pretty close attention to the to the leaderboards? Or you pretty much just go out with your you know your game plan in mind and with how you're going to fish and and how it plays out is how it plays out. Um, I pretty much just go out there and fish. I, I'm you know you're in a tournament, so especially when they're they're online through an app and you have the ability to look at it, you're going to look at it throughout the day. Um, it's hard to you know. When you're fishing tournament, your goal is to catch fish and to win, right? So you're just naturally going to want to update yourself on what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that was a pretty good job to be able to pull off that second place finish there, um, especially under the circumstances of coming in, thinking that you're going to be able to pre-fish and then, and then not get the chance, but besides drive around the lake and look at it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Overall, what do you think? What what would you say your favorite catfish species is to target? Um, man, I, I like I, I catch a lot of blues, but I, I like catching flatheads. Um, I don't I don't usually go out and just target flatheads. Um, uh, the lakes that we have around here, they're they're in the lakes that I fish. Uh, there there's more of them in certain lakes than others, um, but you know. Flatheads are probably one of my favorite to catch because we just don't catch a whole lot of them, you know. So just because the rare, you know, the rarity. They're, the rarity, they're they're just they're just a beautiful looking fish. Um, what's a what's like a general size range that you could expect, you know, in your area? I guess. Um, I mean, we we've we've got big cats down here, but uh, I mean the sizes. Uh, you know, in the 20s to, to mid 30s is, is pretty common as far as lengthwise. Um, I don't I don't do a whole lot of measuring out of the kayak or weighing. I, I do mostly measuring. So right. as far as weight goes, I, I, I hardly ever weigh anything. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's how the kayak tournament, you know, yeah. goes with, you know, know, we measure our fish. Yeah. I've got a scale on my kayak. If I catch a really big one, I might throw it on the scale, but. Yeah, uh, it's rare that I get the scale out for something. Speaking, uh, speaking of the boards, what board do you run uh, for yeah, fish? Got one of the musky bumpers. You got one of the musky bumpers. Yeah, I think that's the best one to use, honestly. Yeah, it, it hands down, it, it's it's one of the better ones out there. Uh, there are some other ones that I've seen used. Um, in my opinion, you you just don't get an accurate length if you're using yeah. something else. <clears throat> Well, I mean, just from personal, I've tried a few different ones, and, and from personal experience, I, I have the best, the easiest time for tournament-wise measuring with the the musky bumpers, and I got the Fat Boy version that's a little bit extra yeah. wide. So yeah, I don't have the Fat Boy one. I've I've just got a regular one. It's not the skinny one, but um, so you get the flathead on there. It it's a little harder that, to that's what measure on, but most blues, you know, you, you angle that that fence down a little bit, that back fence down a little bit, and they slide right in there and don't have a whole lot of issues out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely measure. It definitely helps with measuring the flatheads having the fat boy. Yeah. Granted, I haven't got to, I haven't landed a, a, a very big flathead yet, but I've got yeah, to. <laughs> one, one of the bigger flatheads I pulled in on the kayak, I actually went to the bank to measure it. Um, that way I had more stability because I have that. It's not the fat boy. It's the, just a little bit more narrow. So, yeah. Um, what's your favorite bait to use if you're willing to share? Uh, cut bait all day. Um, uh, 
that's primarily what I'm going to use. So uh, down here we got uh, you know large gizzard shad. Use some threadfin shad uh, and bluegill. I catch a lot of bluegill. If uh, if it's a hard it's a hard morning to, to catch shad, I'll go get on a shell of rock pile and catch a whole bunch of bluegill real quick, and then go fish for some catfish. So what's your uh, what would be your favorite style then? Would you are you suspending suspending your cut bait, uh, dragging it? Well, mostly suspending. Um, I have uh, I, I do some drifting when the conditions are right. I'll, I'll suspend and drift, uh, but I'll uh, again you start to to pattern these fish and, and figure out where they are at certain times of the year, and uh, you go sit up on their spots that you know they're going to be passing through and suspend. And uh, it's been pretty successful for me. You said you got the trolling motor. Are you running the XI3 to use the spot lock for anchoring then? Yeah, XI3 using spot lock. Um, I mean. Seems to be the ticket, man. Yeah, well, you know, kayak fishing, once you once you do that, there's no going back. It, right. You get so used to it. And I need to get there. Me and a buddy of mine, we went we went hitting a, a creek up last weekend, week or I guess a week ago Monday, um, and we went way up this creek. And on the way, halfway back, my battery died, and uh, so he started towing me back. And we're about a mile, a little more than a mile from the ramp, and his battery died. And we had to paddle the rest of the way, and that's not fun anymore. Were <laughs> <laughs> right, you guys at least upriver or downriver? Uh, well, there, there was we we went up river, so we were coming back uh, down river. But yeah, I mean, you know, the, our rivers around here, unless it's raining, they really ain't flowing. Uh, there's a little bit of current in it, but it wasn't much. Um, what's your PB so far out of the kayak? Uh, upper thirties lengthwise. Um, my my personal best. Uh, catfish was a flathead. I don't even know how big it was. We we didn't have a way to measure it or a scale the night I caught that. I wasn't even trying to, you know, we went out to my uh, father-in-law has a, a lake house out on a lake out here. And we went out there one day to visit with them, took some rods and just threw them out and left them out. And uh, uh, we went back up to the house to eat and I went back down after dinner to check everything and looked at everything. Everything looked fine. And uh, sat down in a chair, sitting down there for a few minutes. I looked down at one of the reels and all the lines out on the reel. <laughs> and I started reeling it in, and it was this this massive flathead catfish that uh, had been on there for a while. And uh, I was lucky enough, it was on one of the, the heavier duty rods with, with, I think there was 50 or 60 pound test on that. And I just started horsing him in because he was tangled around all kinds of stuff and it came. Wow, that's a great story, man. Yeah, that's one that I'm sure you'll never forget. No, that was that was a pretty that was a pretty interesting uh, catch there. Yeah, do you chase any other species besides catfish out of the kayak? Uh, I fish for a lot of stuff. Uh, this time of year, uh, sand bass are starting to run in the creeks. Uh, crappie's going to be running here pretty quick, and you know, if I'm eating fish, I'm I'm eating sandies or, or crappie. Um, so I'll, I'll target those quite a bit. Um, and then certain lakes, you know, well, I fished a in-person uh, tournament out on Possum Kingdom out here and uh, a catfish tournament and caught some decent catfish, but I, I've caught my personal best uh, largemouth during that tournament uh, because it's a striper lake. I started throwing a big spoon, uh, just trying to hook up on a striper and wound up catching a, a huge uh, largemouth out there. Nice. So you're you're pretty well all around fisherman then. From yeah, I, I'll fish for yeah, I fish for anything. So if it's biting, you're you're hooking it, huh? Yeah. So I mean, there's there's nothing like getting into some sand bass while they're they're schooling or you know, or they're running up the creeks. They're just biting like crazy. You know, I've taken a buddy of mine out. On a kayak and we were we got into them schooling on a, a hump on the lake and I mean, we were catching tons of fish we probably i probably caught 50 fish that day uh just throwing a spoon and they're hitting it as it's you know they're hitting the spoon as it's hitting the water 
my buddy when we got done, he goes, I've never caught fish like that. So, you know, it's fun to get other people out and, and you know, get them on fish. Uh, but, you know, when you're, when you're chasing fish that are actively feeding, there's nothing like it, no matter what, what the species is. Yeah. That's awesome. You ever, uh, you, don't you guys have um, alligator guard down there? You ever hook into any of those? So I haven't specifically chased gar yet. Um, that, that's one of the things that I'll probably do this summer. Uh, that's the best time to, to go after them. Um, certain time uh, during the summer, if you're catfishing on lakes that have a, a large population of gar, the gar are going to tear up your, uh, your lines. Yeah, I hear that. We we have to deal with guard pretty bad down here in our river system as well. Yeah, so not alligator guard though. <laughs> yeah, we get the alligator guard. So we got a lot of needle nose guard that are that are in the lakes. Uh, there's alligator guard in some of the lakes too, but you see those in in the rivers, uh, especially the Trinity River uh, going out below Dallas east uh, uh, towards. Uh, I can't think of the name of the lake right now, but. The Trinity River is just loaded with with large alligator gar. Uh, I mean, you're talking, you know, hundred plus pound alligator gar down there. That's exciting, man. If you do yeah. that, you'll have to let me know. We'll have to get on and talk about it again for sure. We'll just do a whole yeah, whole yeah. About gar. I'll probably try that out this uh, this summer. I want to get down there on the the tri uh, Trinity and uh, chase some of those guys because they're they're massive. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, so, how how did you initially get into chasing the catfish from the kayak in the first in the first place? Um, I mean, it's it's the apex predator in the lakes, right? So, right. That, that that's you're you're in a small kayak. There's nothing like hooking up on a massive catfish and let it spin you around a few times. Um, and you know that that's that's the primary reason I started targeting catfish. I'm not a huge bass angler. Um, like I said, I fish some local bass tournaments just because that's what there's more of that around, more of that to go do. Um, but I, I'd rather chase those big catfish all day, and I, I'll I'll go out chasing catfish, and I won't even put you know small hooks on there. I, I care less about catching the small ones, so. It's usually chasing the, the big ones. Go big or uh, go home, right? That's Yeah, pretty much. And I, I don't, like I said, I prefer to eat sand bass and crappie, so I don't keep a whole lot of catfish anymore. Uh, I still do eat catfish every once in a while, but it, it's more about going out there and chasing them and, and the challenge of getting something like that in the boat uh, is more what I'm after. I hear that. Um, how many trips a year would you say that you take then uh, down there in Texas? The weather probably stays pretty pretty nice, you know, and steady throughout uh, the year. I I fish pretty much all year long, um, and I, I fish almost every weekend. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go I'll get out there a couple times a week sometimes. Uh, owning my own business, you know, I can block off a day, especially during the summer. I can block off a day during the week so I can hit the lake during the week. Uh, in the summer, I live in the Metroplex, and the lakes are busy on the weekend. There, there's jet skiers and, you know, your pleasure boaters out there making a mess of the lake. So uh, it's it's not – and I, I like hitting that uh, deeper water. So it's not always easy to do with with those boats running around in the kayak. So. Right on. Right. You know, especially when you're fully loaded up with the gear and taking yeah. off all that wake and everything. Yep. Um, yeah, that, uh, this past year, I had a uh, uh, wake boat, uh, boat come by and, and swamp my boat. And, uh, I, you know, I made a beeline for the bank so I could drain it and, and just bank fish the rest of the day because of that. There's just Dang. too much boat swamping. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Do you at least stop and apologize? No, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> tough situation, man. Tough situation to be in. I there's a few lakes that I try to stay away from during certain parts of the year down here. Uh, same sort of deal. They just, if they, they just get a little too crazy or that, or I'll just go at night because most of the traffic is yeah. either died, died off or the um, five mile per hour limit is 
in in place at the lakes that I fish at night. So. Yeah, I, I especially during the summer, I like fishing at night. Uh, I mean, you almost get the lake to yourself. Yeah, uh, and you get out of the worst heat of the the day and everything. Yeah, yeah. You do a lot of fishing locally and everything. Do you do travel? Do you travel to fish often? I know you said like you, even when you're out there in Texas, even even uh, traveling to some of your tournaments, those are just for, those are long four hour trips for you there. So do you travel travel outside of Texas at all, or just mostly try to find close places? Yeah. So uh, my wife doesn't like it, but uh, you know. We'll, we'll plan family vacations and I turn it into fishing trips. So, um, uh, not this past Christmas, but the last Christmas we went to South Carolina, went down to Hilton Head and I drove my kayak out there with us. And, uh, I did a little fishing there, uh, fished in the Savannah river down there and, uh, chasing catfish down there, but, you know, I had caught more, uh, bowfin down there than I did catfish um, and then you know catching big old huge panfish big old bluegill uh, out there in the Savannah River and then uh, I actually hooked into something extremely large uh, never got to see it it spun me around three or four times on the kayak and finally got under something and broke me off uh, but I got talking to an old timer there at the boat ramp and from what I was describing to him, he said I was probably hooked into a sturgeon out there. Uh, oh, the man. So well, I, I would have loved that. to have just gotten it to the surface to see see what it was. but uh, That would have been something, huh? Yeah. And then this past Christmas, we went up to, to Oregon. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to drag my kayak to that one, but uh, I did do some fishing. Uh, in the winter up, up in Oregon is uh, – Stillhead season, man. That you get some big stillhead trout, and uh, I, I tried chasing some of those, but wasn't able to to catch anything up there. Uh, they had we had some major storms while we were up there, and all the rivers were blown out, just you know, way up and moving. Uh, so wasn't able to get into any fish while we were there. I do travel quite a bit to go fish, even here. I'll I'll you know, go to lakes that are two, three hours away just for a day trip, just to get out on the water, so. Well, how does preparing for your long distance trip differ from what you would call it one of your local trips? Um, I mean, so like fishing the, the, the catfish tournament I just did in Tennessee, um, that that's a little bit different. I just recently built out a trailer for my kayak. Um, so, now everything stays on the trailer. I've got my rod box. I've got a, another Yakima uh, storage box on top and a couple other toolboxes on it. So everything's able to stay in the kayak now or on the trailer now. Um, so now not a whole lot changes preparing to go to a lo local lake or you know, going down the road to fish a tournament um, because everything's always on the trailer. So I just hook up and go. Um, I mean, as far as if, if I'm fishing local tournaments, uh, there's one last year that was a couple hours from the house. I went out a week or two before and pre-fished the lake, you know. Uh, it's a little harder to do with the, these out-of-state tournaments. Uh, I, I, you know, I try to, I'm trying to plan to get out there several days early so I can pre-fish it. Um, but, you know, that all depends on what work has in store for me if I can get away early enough. Yeah, but always staying prepared, you know, always staying ready to fish with that trailer loaded up will help increase all your time you can on the water, so. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes it easier to, you know, you get off work and get a couple of hours of daylight left. It, it's pretty easy to go dump it in the in the lake and catch some fish before it gets dark. Well, with all the traveling that you do, uh, do for fishing and all the places that you fish, do you have a least favorite place to fish? Um, I don't know that I have a least favorite place. I mean, if, if you're, you're traveling to go fish something, you know, you, you try to target what, what's, you know, what that body of water is known for. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to California to chase catfish. That's just not going to happen. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and, and on the reverse side, if I'm going to, uh, 
uh, the Carolinas, I'm not going to go over there to chase bass. I'm going to go chasing catfish because they've got huge ones. So, uh, you know, Santa, Santa Cooper's known for catfish. So if I'm going to go that way, I'm going to chase catfish. So uh, I'll uh, I'll adjust what I'm chasing for, you know, for where I'm going. Uh, that way I'm never, you know, out there just kicking, kicking rocks because there ain't nothing biting. Yeah. Um, what would what would you say your favorite time of year to be on the water is? Uh, probably late fall or, uh, and winter. Um, it might be cold, but you catch some of your best catfish here in Texas in those winter months. So that's, that's probably the best time. Um, but, you know, the spring pre-spawn, you know, no matter what you're chasing, you know, if you're chasing free, anything pre-spawn, they're eating. So, uh, you know, if you target your day around whatever, you know, fish you're going after, you're going to have a good time. Heck yeah. Um, do you have a favorite story or memory that comes to mind? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, not, not really. I mean, it's all fun. I mean, some of the, you know, best fishing memories I have were, were those early days, you know, when I was in high school, you know, just running down to the lake with my friends or uh, even, you know, those first few years, years when my son used to go with me when he was real little, he always wanted to go. And, uh, you know, I, I remember days we, I'd get off work, we'd just go, I'd live five minutes from the water. So we'd go down to a park and just bank fish and, you know, he'd fall asleep in the truck and I'd just sit out there while he's asleep, you know? So th those are probably some good memories, you know, getting him out on the water. He's a teenager now and, you know, kind of not so, so much interested in, in going fishing with dad anymore. So. Yeah. You never know. He might come back around to it. Just like, um, you know, just I'm like sure he will. I'm sure he will. He's got other stuff he's interested in now that he'd rather do. He plays video games and stuff. So. Yeah. So do you have any sort of disaster or scary story that happened on the water, like events uh, or situations that you've been into? Um, I mean, other than this past year when that wakeboard swamped my boat, um, I mean, I've, I've been fairly lucky, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of disasters other than, you know, dropping some gear in the water and, you know, there that goes. So Yeah. Were you pretty close to the shore when that happened? Uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too far from the shore, but I was in deep water. Uh, I was, uh, probably in 50 foot of water, uh, when that happened, but I was maybe 40 yards from the shore. So it wasn't, right. wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, did you learn anything from the experience? Um, I mean, I really didn't learn anything. I mean, you know, yeah, it wasn't so, much you can do so about others. it. They, they came by and wasn't your fault really. Yeah, uh, and and some boaters. I mean, when when COVID hit, there's there was just an explosion of people that were getting outdoors, getting on the water, and uh, so you know here in Texas, again, I live in a highly populated area, so these lakes, you know, there there's tons of traffic on them in the summer, uh, and, and more than you know more than usual uh, than in years past. So uh, you just got to be mindful. I I have flags that I have on my kayak so I'm a little bit more visible but you know if, if a boater doesn't care they just don't care so there's nothing you can do about that yeah do you fish overnights then to try to avoid some of the some of the mayhem I know that you say that you you know you get to get out at least once or twice during the week somehow sometimes being you know in charge of your own schedule and everything like that yeah. but do you still try to fish overnights to avoid some of the boats even during the week yeah, so I'll, I'll uh, I mean, on the weekends is usually when I'll, I'll fish overnight um, just because, you know, I don't have to be anywhere the next morning. Um, but I, I do get out of, overnight. I've got, like I said, I've got lights set up on my kayak uh, so I can do, you know, get out there and be able to see everything that I want to see. Um, and that down here, I mean, during the summer, July, August, and it's 110 degrees outside. It sucks being out on the water during the day. So getting out at night is almost a must sometimes, uh, you know, doing the fishing out here. So, yeah. Um, 
do you prepare any any differently for the night trips or again everything's kind of ready and loaded up for you at all times with the way uh, you got your trailer set up yeah make make sure all the batteries are charged <laughs> so yeah uh, you know bring the make sure the headlamps in the kayak ready to go so uh, outside of that, there's not a whole lot different that I, I do to prepare to, to go out at night. Uh, right. you know, Would you have any safety tips specifically for fishing at night for the listeners at all that maybe, you know, have thought about trying to go fishing at night, but are a little, little timid at the idea? <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing at night, I mean, you, I mean, even during the day, you got to keep your head on a swivel out there on the kayak, especially if you're fishing main bodies of the lake, because uh, the boats are running all over the place. And then at night, uh, I mean, you get you get guys out there that are running their boats, and they ain't got no lights on their boat. Um, I've been out on the water, and the only reason I knew there was a boat coming is because I could hear him. Yeah, uh, I couldn't tell where he was because I couldn't see him. Um, so in, in situations like that, you know, I have my regular 360 light. And, and my nav lights that I'm supposed to have, but I'll, I'll hit all my lights on my kayak. I'll turn everything on if I hear somebody or if I see another boat on the water, just so, you know, I make every, uh, you know, every chance, you know, for them to see me. Yeah, make uh, them aware that you're there. there. Yeah. So, uh, and that, that's the biggest thing is uh, when you're on the water at night, again, the boat traffic, Usually it's other fishermen that are out there, and usually it's other cat fishermen that are out there at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do you do get people chasing other species at night, but uh, you know you're, you get a lot of cat fishermen that like to get out there at night, and, and you know, and and there's there's things to be said for catfish, you know, biting better at night. They seem to bite all all day long, if you ask me. So. Yeah, I think they're opportunistic. You put the bait in front of them in the right spot, they're going to eat it. Yeah. But, no, that's a, I think that's a pretty good tip. I mean, just because, you know, you're out there following rules doesn't, you know, with your lights doesn't mean that everybody else is out there following the law like they right. should be. So it's not a bad idea to have some extra lights with you that way, you know, in case you think you you hear somebody near you and you want to make them aware of your presence, you can turn on some extra yeah. lights and shine it towards them and let them know, you know. One of the one of the other benefits of fishing at night, especially down here, usually the winds are a lot calmer at night. So we'll we'll yeah. get some windy days during the summer, and you know you'll get out there on the water at night, and it's just glass, and you know it makes it a lot lot more fun to sit there, you know, fishing instead of bobbing up and down all day in the wind. So yeah, a little bit of serenity, yeah, under the stars, and yeah, that that's part of you know. What draws me, I mean, I'm, I'm an avid outdoorsman. I, I do all kinds of stuff outdoors. And one of the things that draws me to it is being, out, being able to get out there, and, you know, and enjoy it and get out there in nature and, and do those kind of things. So uh, and I, I find you can do more of that from a kayak than you do maybe from an actual boat. You know, the kayak, even with the motor, it's, it's fairly quiet, you know, you can enjoy it. You get out on a on a boat and you got that that gas motor back there screaming. I mean, what are you really enjoying? Right. Well, you might have just answered the next question ahead of me because the the next question was if someone were to ask you why you chase catfish from a plastic boat, would would your answer be? But you yeah, sound, that's, that's kind of it. Here. You know. Yeah. And, uh, it's all about the experience, man. Everything else along the way is you know is a bonus. Like getting out there in God's creation and. and you know, just enjoying it. That's what it's about. Yeah. Um, do you take a, a lot of solo trips throughout the year? Uh, that's primarily what I do is solo trips. Uh, I'll, I'll go fishing with some buddies, but, you know, uh, I, I got buddies that have kayaks. That, that we go fishing every once in a while, but you know, not everybody's as, as dumb as I might be that wants to get out there every other day, you know? Yeah. How long are your trips when you like to go? Um. I mean, I'll stay out. I'll stay out sun up to sundown. Uh, yeah. Some days, you know, it just, you know, if if it's just, you know, not happening that day, I might, you know, head in early. Uh, but, you know, sometimes my wife might think I stay out a little, a little too long. So. <laughs> I'm sure most of everybody's wives and old ladies can relate. 
Yeah. Uh, fortunately, mine likes to come with me some of the time. So. Um, yeah, I've, I've tried getting my wife to go go out and kayak with me. Uh, she's done it a few times, but you know, it, you know, the, the you know she she'll go out and weep kayak and not fish, and she was okay with that. But the fishing part, she's not not too interested in. So. Yeah. Um, are you able? Do you have multiple kayaks, or do you are you able to rig up um, tandem on yours? Uh, well, we can't do tandem on mine, but I do have. I still have that perception. Okay. Um, and we borrow That's right, kayaks. You said that already. We borrow kayaks from people every once in a while. Yeah, I'm in the process. I got a. Um, I run the new canoe unlimited, and I'm right now. Uh, this year, I took I took everything off, and I'm reworking it up for a tandem setup this season. So yeah, that, I've actually it. been looking at the the unlimited. Oh, uh, it's a, it's an awesome platform. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's so wide open. There's so much you can do to it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty much uh, basically unlimited what you can do with the. You yeah, know. <laughs> my, I, I love my kayak. Love my old town. The one thing for the style of fishing that I do, and for uh, catfishing, yeah, is it doesn't have an open deck. So I've got a center console right at my feet. So you get a big catfish in there. There's not a whole lot of room, you know, to work with it. Well, there's so much you can do too. Just being an avid outdoorsman, you know, you can take it and put, you know, load it up with all kinds of gear and, and you know, help it to use you to go hunting or, um, yeah. you know, take the kids yeah. out with you, you know, fiance, wife, whatever. Yeah, I wanted to get into some duck hunting this year, but uh, that it just didn't work out. Uh, I was yeah. never able to get out there on it to duck hunt. But yeah, that's uh, a new canoes again is a pretty popular platform for that. But I've seen other people, yeah. you know, other kayak people use plenty of other kayaks to rig up a, you know, laid out wide of their kayaks to do that duck hunt. I have the same idea again. That same situation. Life gets busy and never get around to it. Right. Right. Yeah. I I went maybe three months without getting the kayak out this winter. Just you know, why getting busy? That, that's just it. So. Yeah, well, I I live over in in the middle of the of the in states or whatever. I live in Nebraska, so it gets pretty cold. Everything freezes over, and there's a good chunk of my year that I don't get to have the kayak out, even if I wanted to. So yeah, um, past it's couple not, years I've been. It's sorry, not uncommon. For, it's not uncommon for us in the middle of winter to get a seventy degree day. So yeah, uh, you no, know, we it, you know, and I still get out there. I, uh, a couple of years ago, we were up in Arkansas um, and had the kayak with me. I got on Lake Hamilton up there and it was in the teens uh, that morning when I got out on the water. So, you know, temperature really, you know, if, if there's fishing to be done and it's cold, it's not going to deter me from getting out there. Right on. Um, you said that you, you know, earlier we were talking about you were planning on trying to get after some some gar baby out of the kayak this year. Do you have any other plans for the upcoming season that you can share? Um, not not specifically. I mean, there there's stuff I'd, I'd like to to hit up this year, uh, but there's there's nothing that's you know planned out as of right now. Um, you know, my wife's talking about wanting to take a vacation this this summer, but. You know, she keeps telling me that it's not going to be a fishing trip, so we'll we'll have to discuss that later. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, there, there's lots of stuff that I, I enjoy chasing, so it's it, it's up in the air. Uh, you know, I'm not afraid to travel to go to go catch some fish. So, uh, what would you say the best piece of gear that you have rigged up on your kayak is? Um, best piece of gear. I mean, having a graph to you know, to map out the bottom. I mean, avionics is, is pretty good, uh, but it's not always accurate. Um, you might see a huge hole on avionics and you get out there with the with the graph and, and you know, it's just as flat as can be. So um, the, the graphs, you know, having that fish finder on there is, you know, for especially if you're targeting um, to actually suspend fish, knowing what you're suspending over is, is is key because if you're just uh, suspended somewhere uh, thinking you're on a ledge or you're on a rock pile and you're not then you might not that you know might not catch any fish um, but I mean the that the rod holders for for the fish that we catch uh, having the right rod holders 
is ideal because you get a huge catfish that bends that rod over and you have a plastic rod holder on a plastic rail, uh, that rod's liable to go in the water. Goodbye uh, rod and goodbye fish. Yeah. Yeah. So what, now, lo losing a rod's not, not good. <laughs> so no. what, uh, speaking of all that, what, what, um, rod holder do you run? What's that? It's uh crap. I don't remember the dang name of it. Um, It's one of the it's one of the more popular ones that's is it uh, fish down fish fight smackdown uh smackdown that's what it is the smackdown run and then do you yeah. run their bases then no so i i went and got a piece of square aluminum and made my own brackets for them okay. uh, so i have a three foot section of square aluminum that runs between my rails on the front and then another piece on the back it runs between my rails and those rod holders amounted to that, okay. uh, so that it and it's not going anywhere. And you actually got that use, bolted all the way through that. your hole. Uh, I don't have it bolted through my hole. I have it bolted down. It's got a uh, old town's got uh, mounting plates. And I have it bolted to those. Okay. Uh, by distributing that out across that bar, uh, it, it's very sturdy. I use I actually use that bar to hold down my kayak while it's on the trailer. Nice. Do you have any like videos or pictures of that anywhere that people can look that up? Uh, I I don't. I probably I probably should. That sounds uh, interesting. I'd be really interested in just seeing how exactly you did. I do a lot of fabricating myself when it comes to the the bases and stuff. I, I actually I I went and uh, got a piece of steel. I probably should have went the aluminum route. Would have been a little bit lighter, but I got a, a piece of three inch wide steel and then mounted some blocks. Um, some heavy duty blocks from fish bite to to them and then yeah um built those to disperse the the weight like you're saying when the fish takes down that heavy that heavy load um yeah. disperses along the surface a little more yeah but i'd be a little interested to see exactly how you know i, I kind of curious on how everybody it seems you know everybody has a little bit of creativeness in the kayaking world and has a way you know their own setup and ideas and um you can see everybody's ingenuity shine through on yeah. each one of their rigs so and that's what's what's neat about some of these these tournaments. You know, you, you can get out there and see what other people have done and talk to them about what they've what they've done, what they've experienced, you know, what they've done that they wish they didn't. Uh, that's that's always a key one right there because you know if it if it failed for them, you don't want to even try it. So um, yeah. so that that's that's one of the neat things about these tournaments, going out and seeing other people's rigs and see see what they've done. Uh, what rod and, and reel setup do you run with the rod holder? So I'm using the Mad Cats rods. Um, I, I really like them. Um, and then I'm running uh, Abu Garcia, the Pro Rocket 6500s uh, okay. on all my rods. If you uh, were to give some newbies, what's uh, the best piece of advice you'd have for a newbie trying to get into the sport? You know, jump in head first, man. It's you're going to find stuff that you like that somebody else might not like. So, you know, the more you look into, you know, social media and see what other people are doing, you know, you're just going to get lost. There's there because there's a million things you could do to your kayak. There's a million kayaks you could buy. To, I mean, the the options are unlimited. If you sit there and keep, you know contemplating whether I should do this or that, you're never going to get out there. The best thing you can do is go down, buy a kayak that you can afford and get on the water and start fishing because then you're, what you're wanting on your kayak is going to change once you get out there on the water. I hear that. With, uh, with us spending so much time out there on the water, you know, chasing after, especially when you're chasing the trophies, you know, tend to put in long hours to get it, to get after it. What, uh, what's your favorite snack or food to have with you on the water? Uh, water. <laughs> water. That's the important one to make sure you bring plenty of water. Um, I, I usually don't take a whole lot of snacks. I, 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 I have a bad habit of not eating all day as it is. So, you know, I'll head to the lake and, and forget to pick something up to eat and just say, screw it and get out there on the water and go fish. So. Just so uh, consumed by the bite, man. Yeah. 
or I mean, or I'm just not smart enough to remember to pick something up. One of the no, two. I know it's just hyper focus. That's all it is. It's yeah. hyper focus, you know. Yeah, it's all good. Um, do you have any bucket list kayak fishing trips that you know that you want to get knocked out? Uh, Maybe species. I, uh, I don't know if it's, if it's a kayak bucket list trip. Um, so as a kid, I, I I lived up in Oregon. One of the things that I, I would love to do is go sturgeon fishing on the Columbia River up there. Um, I mean, the, the sturgeon in the Columbia get massive. Yeah, that is literally my, that is on my list. That is the exact bucket list trip of mine. Yeah. I, I, so if you ever I, plan seen, it, you get a hold of me and we'll plan it together. How about that? Let, let's go. I, I am down, you know. Oh, um, man. Wow. That that be that's probably my bucket list thing that I, I've wanted to do for years that I just haven't haven't been able to do. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's a kayak trip or not. Oh, that's um, a kayak trip for me. I want it to be on the kayak. It has to be on the kayak. I got to take it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen a video of Sturgeon Steve will take us. One. We got to hit Sturgeon Steve up. Yeah, I yeah, I we, first heard about it. I li I listened to. Uh, the very first time I learned about it, I uh, when I first got into kayak fishing at all, like I said, I started following this show of, on podcasts because when I work, I like to listen to podcasts, and that's partially why I started this podcast is because there's no content specifically aimed at us, you know, kayak catfishing guys. So I right. thought I, I'd fill a little bit of a hole out there for us. But anyways, um, back to what I was saying is that when I was, you know, listening to podcasts at work all the time, I I found this one called Paddle and Fin. It's a pretty sweet and they got a lot of shows now but you know in the beginning they they had a you know it, it just started out pretty slow with a couple of guys in one of the first few episodes they had this guy on called sturgeon steve and he's pretty well famous for fishing the snake river up there in idaho and, and taking yeah. people to catch the big sturgeon so that's how it made it made it onto my bucket list so that's pretty awesome that you say that yeah Stur sturgeon would be that'd be a neat one to hook into yeah, I, I mean, I, I can catch sturgeon here in Nebraska, but they wouldn't be any, like, they're not going to be the giant lake sturgeon, like, up there, or, or uh, white, yeah. what are they, the white sturgeon? Yeah, what, uh, yeah I believe so. Yeah, the yes. Columbia River, Snake River, I mean, that, there's just, I mean, that, that's as big as they get, you know, that, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, so. no, I hear that. Um, do you have any final thoughts or anything that you want to throw out there? Uh, no, I mean, get out there and fish. That's all I can say. You know, it's, you know, it's fun. It's a good time to be out there on the water. So Awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time, you know, out of your schedule to come on here and um, do a show with me and congratulations again on your, your finish, your second place finish there um, at Nickajack. Yeah. Uh, with 100.5 inches. Total there. Hopefully, hopefully we get the win next time. It's a pretty impressive bag, man. And sit, you yeah, know, you were right time. behind it. Seven and a half inches can be made up in one fish. So that's all it was. You know, it was a matter of one fish. Yeah, yeah. My I think my shortest fish that I turned in, um I think I think it was just shy of 30 inches. So you know another decent fish could have just put that total over the top. So it was close, but it's hard. I knew going into that tournament that I would need at least one 40 inch fish to, to win that. And that's what wound up happening is, you know, somebody got a fish over 40 inches and won it. So, yeah. Well, Hey man, you, you came in swinging and uh, I think you can, you can walk out with your chin held high. Thanks. So, I appreciate the time that you spent here, man. It was a good show. All right. Well, I appreciate you. All righty. Well, that pretty much sums it up with Andrew there. Um, for the listeners going forward, be looking out for the new cover art coming soon um, and some some new episodes coming soon, hopefully from the water. Um, starting to warm up here in Nebraska, so hopefully I can get out there and get a couple episodes recorded. Um, and then here in the early spring, we'll have a, another episode um, coming up for the kayak camping edition. Uh, we'll have the second episode of that coming out here hopefully shortly so for now just keep your eyes peeled for the next uh for the next episode i got a few people i've contacted to try to get lined up for the for the show 
other than that, just be looking out for the new cover art coming soon. Thanks, everybody.